You're listening to St. Pius 10th Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. This text, this verse taken from St. Matthew's Gospel that we heard this morning, is a favorite of many people. If they had to kind of narrow it down to what is your favorite verse of the Bible, many people would say this because it's very consoling and it appeals to all of us. This offer of rest is very attractive. And I think, especially at this time of the year, it's very attractive. Vacation season is in full gear. We kind of have the idea that school is just around the corner and we all need to take advantage of the opportunity to rest and to recharge. Tomorrow, I'll be traveling to Rome and I very much look forward to a week away from my regular routine. I look forward to getting some rest for my soul. Part of the trip, I'll be doing a little retreat in Assisi next weekend. And so in light of this gospel text and this time of the year, and probably my own, my own mind thinking about the vacation that I'm about to start, I want to reflect today on this theme of rest. What does scripture teach us about rest and recreation? What is the deeper purpose of rest? And how do we rest well? And the first place in the Bible that talks about rest is the book of Genesis. And it's first reference to God's rest and then connects to our own. And so the book of Genesis begins with the story of God at work. So for six days, he's creating in each of those days, referring to different parts of his creation from the cosmos and the inanimate things to life, to more complicated life. And then on the sixth day to man, the high point of his work, he's bringing his work to completion and then he rests. He rests whenever the world is ready for us, ready for us to work. So man has the vocation to be a co-worker of God, to be a good steward of the earth, to bring it to its fulfillment, to work with God, to cultivate the earth. And just as we are called to imitate God's work, we also discover in Scripture that we're to imitate His rest. And so this is the original idea behind the Sabbath day, a time where God rests and for us to rest in God. In the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, there's something similar going on. God's work, in this case, though, is not a creative work. It's a saving work. He's saving his people from slavery in Egypt. And he's bringing them to a place of rest. He's bringing them to the promised land. And so in the deepest sense, in the scriptural sense, the Sabbath, the rest of God, is a place where God is encountered. And that's how we receive true rest. It's where he resides and so observing the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath holy, following the third commandment, it's not about doing nothing. It's not about a lack of activity, but it's about being connected to the one who acts perfectly, who acts in love. And so we receive rest for our souls through our contact with the one who created our souls. And so recreation is truly about being recreated. And we can't be recreated. We can't truly have authentic recreation without contact with the Creator, without reference to the Creator. And we know this idea of God resting is, is not exact. It's a symbolic idea because He's always at work keeping us in being, 
keeping his creation and being. So God doesn't create and then walk away and forget about us. He's holding it together, and his rest emphasizes the fullness of creation, the perfection of creation, and the goodness in what he's accomplished. And the scripture says that God delights in his work. And he, he looks upon each day and says that it's good, and then creation of man, that it's very good. And St. Paul, John Paul II, talked about this delight that God takes in his creation as pointing to what he ultimately wants for his creation, which is communion with him. And so the book of Genesis tells us that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. And so this interruption of our work week, this interruption of our routine has a holy purpose. It's not just to recharge so that we can keep going. It is to worship, to enter the place of God, the space of God. So to give God a day is to recognize that all things and all time come from him, belong to him, and we're simply giving them back to the one who has given them to us. And so to keep holy the Sabbath day, we remember who God is and what he has done for us. Now for the early church, for the early Christians, that Sabbath day was moved from the seventh day to the first day because it was on the first day of the week that Jesus rose from the dead. And on the first day in the book of Genesis is the beginning of creation. And so the resurrection of Jesus is God recreating the beginning of the new creation. And so for the early church, Christians recognized that Sunday Mass is a weekly Easter, a weekly reconnecting to the resurrection, God's work of creating and saving, coming together in the celebration of the Sunday Eucharist, and that's why this is truly the high point of our week. There can be nothing that substitutes for Sunday Mass. You understand that, you recognize that, and that's why you're here. But we also know that Sabbath in the third commandment is more than just being physically here at Mass, more than just giving God that one hour a week. And so how do we make the Sabbath holy? How do we truly live the third commandment? How do we make this day unlike the rest of the week? I just want to mention one practical way to make the Sabbath holy besides going to Mass. And it's something that Pope Francis has talked about on more than one occasion. It's directed towards parents with small children, but I think we can all apply it to our life situation, whatever that may be. And he used this language of encouraging parents, especially on the Sabbath, to waste time with their children, to waste time with their children. Of course, to be with someone we love, to be with our families, it's never wasted time. But what he means is to do something that has no other purpose than communion, than being with them, than sharing minds and hearts. And so to play games with them, to sit on the floor with them, to get down to their level, to go fishing, to go camping, to go swimming, to ride bikes, all of these things or wasted time in the sense of the world sees it, right? It's not accomplishing anything. It doesn't have another purpose. But what it does do is teach them that love is unconditional and unearned. You want to be with them. You want communion with them simply because they are your children and you love them. And the challenge, of course, is to, to not just be with them, but to truly give that undivided mind and heart to them without competition from the phone and the TV just family, just friends, just wasted time, communion. God's gaze upon us is undivided 
and uninterrupted. And so to do that, to waste time with your children, especially on Sabbath, is to teach them how eager God is for us to waste time with Him, to be with Him, and how eager He is for us to enter into His time and His rest. And so how do we rest well? How do we get recreated? I think just two things, balance and intention. Good rest is not just a lack of activity. So just lounging around, just watching Netflix, it's not rest. It's not going to give rest for our souls. And also good rest doesn't just happen. We have to plan it. We have to be intentional about it. Our days off, our vacation, the weekend, and to have that balance of doing things, but also just being, being still and being quiet because we are body and soul, and our souls need rest as well, and they only get that rest through contact with the one who created them. So a good day off, a good vacation, a good weekend is a break from the routine of work and school, but not a break from God.